going to read Matthew 6, verse 22. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. This is the word of the Lord. I remember this one time, right before my 18th birthday, I met a guy at a Waffle House, and he was cute. We went back over to his house and to watch a movie, had a drink, and the next thing I knew, I woke up and I was half-dressed, just laying there on his couch. He was, he was nowhere to be found, and I don't know his name, I don't know what happened. I just remember feeling so ashamed that I let this addiction take me so far. And I knew something in my life had to change. I remember the first time I looked at porn. I was 16 years old and had waited until my family went to bed one night to look it up on the internet. You see, I grew up super conservative, didn't really know a whole lot about sex, and figured that the best way I could find out was by looking on the internet. I soon began to notice that I would want to go back to the computer and look at this stuff even more. And it went from curiosity that I would just kind of satisfy when my parents would go to bed, you know, once a week or something, to a full-blown addiction. And I just became more and more and more addicted, more and more engrossed into this world. When something as dark as an addiction has something just grasp on you, you do things that you would never in a million years think that, that you would do. I grew up a pastor's kid, so here I am, this good little Christian girl, but I'm totally addicted to porn, and, and my online life started coming out into my, my offline life as well, and decided, you know what, I need, I need to get rid of this computer, because this computer was the root of it all. It was, it was where I talked to guys, it was, it was just everything. So I unplugged it, unhooked it, walked it downstairs, took it to the dumpster outside my apartment, and left it. And said a little prayer of forgiveness, asking God to forgive me of, of everything I had done, and thought that, yeah, that was probably enough to kick the addiction. Even though I didn't have a computer anymore, I still had an addiction. The images that were in my mind, the way I would think about things, those things would still haunt me and I was just completely overwhelmed with the shame that, that came with them. And I never really thought that I could talk to anybody about this because looking at porn for guys or, or having sex and doing all these things for guys is like a totally natural thing. It's something that, that guys even celebrate sometimes. But for a girl to have an addiction like this, I felt really, really alone. few years of just trying to stay free from this addiction, I 
ended up getting married and porn is something that a lot of men struggle with my husband included in that and we took some steps to to keep it out of our lives we didn't have a computer for the first few years that we were married and then we didn't have internet once we got a computer and now we've been married for a few years and we just want to keep that conversation open when the temptation's there we want to talk about it and even in the times when we don't want to talk about it we have a plan b you know we use the uh, x3 watch software from triple x church on both of our computers and and have that mail out the accountability reports to each other and to some of our friends yeah the temptation's always there it's never gone away and it's not been a perfect run at sobriety we've screwed up along the way but but having the grace to accept when those failures come and, and to move on and to grow and to learn from them has been so important and the freedom that comes from living a life of no secrets is something I wouldn't trade for the world. Well, guys, thanks for uh, letting me come share with you guys this morning. Um, I've been looking forward to this for a while. Like Dusty said, I reached out to him a couple months ago and asked if this topic ever came up, if I could come share with y'all. Um, not the most comfortable thing to talk about, as, as we all know, but pornography. Who all, who all in here struggles with porn? Pretty, pretty tough to raise your hand, right, in that one. I mean, this is not the most, um, again, comfortable topic. It can be really embarrassing. But I will tell you that, you know, statistically, 70% of men and almost 20% of women struggle with porn. And that's not just outside the church. That is, that is churchgoers and the church community as well. Um, I think it's one of the most deadly epidemics going through our churches, schools, towns, this world. You know, over the last couple of weeks, I've got to spend some time with some of our middle school kids uh, and then some high school boys and girls as well. And I just wanted to pick their brain on the topic of pornography. And I was comparing it like, you know, tell me about the drug issue in school. Um, Tell me about all these other things. I want I to see where, where porn lines up with some of the other, what we would view as sins or nefarious stuff going on in the school. And it was like, it was like the most common thing in the world and the easiest thing for them to explain that it's, it's not even viewed as bad. I mean, I, whether it's sending each other pictures and all the stuff on social media or just flat out, scrolling through and, and viewing porn. Um, pretty, pretty shocking to see, especially at the middle school level, that, uh, that this was truly an epidemic right here in our town. And I knew it, you know, I, you read online and read the stats, but, you know, to talk to some kids that just said, you know, a ma matter-of-factly that, that they weren't even surprised. That it's, that it's so common at school that, uh, you know, they couldn't even compare it with drugs in school or some of the other things going on. And I don't, I don't think we need to spend a ton of time 
talking about whether this is right or whether this is wrong or, you know, whether, whether this is pleasing to God. I think we all know the answer to that. And as she just read, the eye is a lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is full of darkness. Eyes can be an awesome thing, obviously. But they can also be and are one of Satan's most powerful weapons. Because he, through that, he can use our eyes to cut right into our heart and soul. It's hard because he says, you know, God says Satan's purpose here is to kill and destroy. Then God comes back and says, but his purpose is to give us a rich and satisfying life. So a few verses later, it talks about no man can serve two masters. And it's straight from the Bible that if we serve two masters, we're gonna love one and hate the other. In other words, we can't pursue our desires of lust and pornography and actively pursue Jesus. Now, I can't give you every verse and theological reason why we shouldn't view porn. What I can give you from experience and my own struggles with it is what I've learned. And... There is a guilt that comes along with this that relentlessly attacks the freedom that we're meant to have in Jesus. And I'm not sure how to put it other than it's that place where if I'm, if I'm getting up in the morning to go read my Bible, if I'm sitting in the evening and I'm going to say a prayer, maybe, maybe I'm even leading a Bible study at my own house. And for whatever reason, I'll hear the devil saying, who do you think you are? Remember what you were looking at last night? Like you're a fake. But then on the other side, I've got God saying, I made you perfectly in my image. You don't have to live in these chains and this bondage that's weighing you down. Stop trying to defeat sin. I've already defeated it for you. So we're kind of stuck in this where we're feeding the beast, Satan, pornography, and also feeding the warrior in God. And the best, I can, the best way I can put it is that I, I find myself, and I think a lot of you could probably relate, um, and again, if this doesn't pertain to you, I think we've got a ton of parents in here. I know we've got a lot of grandparents in here. I promise you this is hitting somebody incredibly close to you, likely in your home. I mean, we saw the numbers on this. I feel like we get stuck in this spiritual neutral. And that keeps us from living in this place of freedom that Jesus voluntarily went to the cross for. I want to talk more about that freedom here in a minute, but first let's talk about the physical consequences of pornography. Now, I'm not an expert on this, but as someone a lot smarter than me said, when we engage in viewing porn, there is a dopamine released into the brain and it feels good temporarily. The more images we view, the more dopamine is released and our mind screams for more but is never satisfied. Like any drug, in order to get that same feeling we got the first time, the material we view has to become stronger and stronger 
And what started out as something we were just exploring or maybe even accidentally ran into, ran into now becomes a full-blown addiction of trying to reach that next high. And obviously it doesn't make it any easier how accessible it is these days. As a lot of us remember back in the day when it was magazines, uh, fairly difficult to get a hold of, right? Like you had to go out of your way to get these magazines. So I, I want you to think of taking, say, three pictures of some hot, naked babe, and we've got it in our pocket. And again, what used to be pretty difficult to get our hand on just massive quantities of new pictures. Now, every time I put those three pictures in my pocket and pull them out, it turns into three new ones and three new ones. And that's obvious, and that's what we have in our cell phone, right? It's that constant, and I think that's what they're talking about with that dopamine release here, of just like, just like any addict, just like with drugs. We're gonna constantly search for more. And it's just, it's just so incredibly accessible. Because the facts are, it can change the way our brain operates and function, functions. Studies show that it causes anxiety, depression, memory loss, loss of self-control, self-worth, and on and on. And again, if you want some more on that, I think it's on the back of the bulletin or somewhere in there. There's an there's a organization called Fight the New Drug, and you can spend hours reading just the stats on pornography and, and really what it does and can do and affect us physically. So who does it affect? We like to use the excuse that it's only affecting me like it's a victimless crime. And this is something I feel like I can speak on over the last four or five years. I've got to spend a lot of time with girls that have been wrapped up in this industry of pornography and prostitution and trafficking. Um, I don't know how else to put it other than as bad as the physical side is, right? The physical damage that's done to these girls with disease, drugs, violence, rape, and the sex trafficking that plagues that industry, nothing is worse than the emotional and the psychological side. And the fact that these girls, and this, I'm not just talking about sex trafficking, these girls in the porn industry, I promise you, if you guys could speak to every one of them, I don't think you could find one that enjoys it or wants to be there. I think they all get manipulated, coerced into being in these situations, lied to. And next thing I know, they wake up one day and realize that their whole self-worth is how much somebody will pay for them. I think if we, could, if we could zoom back that lens a little bit from what we're viewing, I think we would all be shocked at what, at what really goes on behind the scenes in that industry. Um, my wife and I, not too long ago, got to work with a girl that 
mom was a drug addict. Uh, she was sold at, at, the, at the age of 14 for the first time. And it was, it was her mom that was selling her. And her mom would go drop her off at this pimp's house. She lived, uh, after spending a lot of time and, and getting to talk to her and, and interview her, she lived, at a, she lived on the first floor of this pimp's house with a handful of other miners. Uh, and she was sold daily. Whoever wanted to come in and pay the price to rape her, uh, was, was free to do that. Now, what's interesting is on the third floor of this house was a studio. And it was set up just like we would picture a movie set. Cameras, video guys, the lights, the whole stage for filming pornography. And by the way, that was right up the road in, uh, in Kansas City know exactly where the house is. So if we don't think porn and trafficking and prostitution are, are connected, I would strongly disagree and, uh, and ask you to look more into that because I've seen it. So one of the hardest questions for me to figure out an answer to And really to apply in my own life is what can we do about it? Is the answer just to pray more and read our Bible more? I think we've all prayed the prayer, Lord, just take these desires away from me. How does that turn out for us? Honestly, how does that turn out? For me, most of the time, it doesn't. You know, do I, do I believe God could snap his fingers and make this go away? Absolutely. But I think if we're counting on that, that miracle that does happen, I'm not taking that away. I think we might be waiting a long, long time. A few years ago, I was praying for these girls that were wrapped up in trafficking, and I was praying, God... Why do you let this stuff happen? Why don't, why don't you do something about this? Kind of one of those angry prayers like, you know, enough is enough. Come do something about this. And I remember hearing him say, why don't you go do something about it? Almost like I'm, I'm tired of taking the blame for everything that goes on sit here and pray and ask for me, me to hand. I'm asking you, if you're gonna faithfully pray about it, why don't you have enough faith to go and do something about it? And I think that can be the same with our addictions. I think he's right here with us. I think he hurts with us, but he wants us to take some action. And I believe, and this is crucial, that the way to do that is that we have to walk through this with someone else. I know that's not what anybody wants to hear, especially when we're talking about pornography because it's, it's humiliating. <clears throat> but I know and have been around a lot of addicts and, and I don't know any, including those that are believers, that have been able to kick the addiction by themselves. Prayer and his word are two of the greatest gifts that we have 
but he also gave us our spouse and other strong brothers and sisters that are believers that we can walk through this with. Um, one of the hardest things I ever did, and I, I think it was back in maybe 2009, Oh, 2009, 10, when I was playing and I came back from a road trip and, uh, and this is the first time I'd ever done this and I went up to my wife, Jen, and I, and I apologized to her for looking at something on the road that I shouldn't have. And I mean, I've done, I've done some stupid stuff as a lot of you know because I think I have some of my old teachers in this room, so... You guys are, are very familiar. And I've been in some weird situations. There was nothing more uncomfortable or scary than <clears throat> initially going and doing that. Because I'm sure as a wife, like your first thought is betrayal. Um, doesn't love me. I don't know all the things that could go on, but after an initial kind of, she was pretty PO'd. She was quickly like right there in my corner. And what I found was that that was the best thing I ever could have done. Letting her, inviting her in to kind of walk through this fight with me. I, I, I can't tell you the weight and the relief um, to have somebody that could hold that could hold me accountable, and I know it's gonna. I mean, honestly, it's it's gonna suck. But I would strongly suggest guys in here, girls in here, uh, that might be struggling with this, to to let your spouse in on it. I, I, again, I know it's the last thing that we could think about doing. But I think about some of our, some of our soldiers. Some of, let's, let's say some of our elite soldiers, some of our special operations guys that, that go into battle to go in by themselves. One, how less lethal and effective they would be, but also how scared they would be. And just one other, one other person walking into that with them can be all they need. That can, that can add, and, and, and with our faith, and with some of these issues and something like pornography, if we can just walk through that with somebody else, if that's your spouse, if it's, if it's another man, if it's another guy, another girl, for the women, another girl, for the guys, another, another man, another brother in Christ. <clears throat> it really is one of, in, in my opinion, it, it has to be a piece that goes along with, with our prayer and with talking to the Lord and inviting the Lord into this. Spouses, um, I would just ask that when your husband does this, that you guys would show grace. Um, I, I, I promise he loves you. He doesn't love these pictures. He probably, he probably hates the fact that this has become the issue that it has. With our kids, 
I, I can't stress enough the need to get a hold of them, you know, before, before the world does. Um, I think the average age now of viewing pornography is 11 years old, which is, which is mind-blowing to have kids that young that have been exposed to this. You know, I, I remember uh, I, I told Drake, my son, and he was probably 12 or 13. And I remember going up to him one day and saying, man, uh, I want to let you in on something and really ask your help with something. This is something I struggle with and I want you to hold, to hold me accountable and to be a part of this and to walk through this with me. And I meant that, but I also wanted him to know that if this was a struggle for him, something he had been exposed to, or definitely when it became a struggle, that I wanted him to be able to come to me and feel totally comfortable talking about this. And, and I think by inviting him in to something that I needed his help with, I think opened the door to him being more comfortable to come and, and share that. Um, I, I don't, I think if you're, if you're thinking it's time to talk to your kids, you're probably a couple years too late, to be honest. I, I don't know that, I don't know what the age is, but I think I'm just, all I can say is the earlier, the better to, uh, to have this conversation. And I don't think you'll, I don't think you'll regret that. I want to, I want to read this letter. Uh, written from a mother to her, to her two sons. It says, Jesus Christ is the opposite of pornography. Jesus lived a life of denial and sacrifice, no lust ever. As he mirrored God perfectly, he became the least and last in order to put us first. Pornography is self-exalting. It is putting your pleasures and desires first before the glory of God and the good of others. Since Christ is the opposite of pornography, then look to Christ in your fight against sexual temptation and sin. When you behold Christ, you will become like him. For God said, let there be light in the darkness. He has made this light shine in our hearts so we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Look upon his face and pornography will begin to look strangely dim. Love, mom. So what does that freedom look like and, and how do we get it? Uh, we talked about inviting somebody else in to this battle. I, I, I cannot stress that enough that the time, like the time is now. And, and again, this is not for everybody, but statistically I would say this is for the overwhelming majority of us that from experience, if we sit and wait and wait for this miracle prayer to just take this out of my life, I think we're going to be waiting until the end of, of our life. I don't, think this is a, I don't think this keeps us out of heaven. I don't. I'm not the judge. But what I'm saying is this keeps us from living a life where we can truly live out our mission. God's mission, the Great Commission, right? His last words on earth were for us to go and be a witness to all the world. 
And I know as believers that that is what we want to do. We don't want to get wrapped up in these things of the world. We don't want this, this porn or this drug or whatever this addiction is to suck us in to where we have that guilt hanging over us, where we're feeding the beast, we're feeding the warrior, we're stuck in neutral. I, I just, I don't, I don't think we can wait. You know, I've got to, I've got to be around some guys that I've, I've watched them live this out. And they do it in this intentional way um, that's just totally transparent and, and they don't want anything holding them back. And I, but I see the freedom in their life. And I can feel it in my own life at times when I can let go of all these things. I literally let go of everything and say, God, come, come take it. I'm, I'm dying to the old for the 150th time, by the way, which is okay. If we got to do that every single morning, if you have to be resaved every single morning, do it. Because I think this is, this is that lethal and deadly of an, of an epidemic when we're talking about pornography. I'm going to end with that God doesn't say it's going to be easy. Never has. But he promises us that it's going to be worth it. Thank you, guys. Can I uh, pray for us, if you don't mind? Father, <clears throat> for one, what, a, what an honor to be up here, uh, be allowed to, to speak on your behalf. Lord, I, I just pray that with this issue, whether it's hitting us right here in this church, um, Lord, whoever's sitting out here and, and having this struggle or somebody in their house, somebody close to them, Lord, I just pray that you that you don't let that fire burn out that wants us to uh, that wants us to end this today. Lord, I'm so thankful that no matter what happens, you don't care where where we come from, what our background is, you want us, you want us right where we're at. Lord, and that through believing in you, it's that it's that simple that you wipe it all clean. Or no matter how deep we are in these, in these addictions, that you cannot wait to dive into this fight with us. Lord, I pray for uh, spouses and, and kids and anybody that, uh, anybody that has this discussion, Lord, on this topic, that you would just give them grace or that you would fill them with your spirit and be confident that you're walking through this with that family. We love you, Father. Thank you for your son. In your name we pray, amen. Men, women, singles, wives, husbands, even our kids, not all of us struggle with porn, but every single one of us is vulnerable. If you're not struggling with porn, what keeps it from becoming a problem for you? What keeps you accountable? What are your safeguards? And how are you helping others? Ask yourself, how can I help my brothers and sisters in Christ? Help them stay accountable. 
be a friend to them in a safe, confidential way. Make sure you make yourself approachable. Start a conversation at your next men's or women's Bible study. Set up accountability partners and make sure that you're lending a loving ear to those around you. And if you do struggle with porn, think about who you're affecting. This is not a victimless crime. Think about the men and women that have been trafficked because of the porn industry. And think about who you're affecting in your own personal life, your husband, your wife, your kids. Most importantly, God. It's time to do something about it. If you don't know where to start, start a conversation. Go to a brother or sister in Christ and tell them you're struggling. And after that, let God lead the way. Whether or not you're struggling, you need to be praying. Sexual immorality has a chokehold on the church, and we need to start to end it. If you're struggling, tell someone or be there for someone who is. Be honest with yourself, your family, your friends, and most importantly, to God. The way we have surrounded this topic today, this dangerous pitfall that um, is in front of us all, is with Jesus. We have surrounded it with Jesus. And Jesus is the answer for every one of us. Every one of us here has missed the mark. That's the definition of sin. We, we try to live the life that we're supposed to live, but we miss the mark and we sin. And Jesus is the only person that has the ability, the capability to deal with that sin, to cleanse us, to make us white as snow is what the scripture says. But he can't do that unless we come clean. And so the goal of today was no secrets. And we've been, you know, kind of using that phrase the whole, the whole service. And so let's start today with there be, being no secrets with God. No secrets with God. And then after this service, as you walk out of here, let there be no secrets with someone. Someone. We're not challenging anybody to come and lay their laundry out in front of everybody. That, that would be disastrous, I think. But you need to share it with someone. Someone needs to know. No secrets with God, no secrets with someone. And so let, we're gonna start with God. There's a, there's a blank yellow sheet of paper in your bulletin. And here's what we're gonna do with that. I would love for you to, uh, there's no one in here that is not without sin, okay? So everyone needs a piece of paper and maybe you need to tear it in half to share with people around you because they don't have a bulletin, that's okay. Um, what I would love for you to do is to write sin on this paper that you're struggling with right now. Um, maybe you don't wanna write it out, but maybe you just put a symbol or something or a little picture because you know what it is, right? Maybe you don't want to write anything at all. You still know what your sin is and you can put it on this paper mentally, okay? As we sing this last song, we have a trash can up here and I want you to bring this paper to the trash can. I want you to throw it away and I want that to be symbolic of God. I have no secrets with you. You know what I'm struggling with and I thank you for Jesus that has cleansed me from all of that sin. And so um, he can cleanse our sin, but only if we bring it. We have to come clean. No secrets today. Would you stand? And as we sing, bring your sin. No secrets. <clears throat>